You're listening to Thoughts from the Ledge, the official podcast of Gray Ledge Advisors with Scott Albracio and Brant Walker. Hello and welcome back to Thoughts from the Ledge. I'm your host, Scott Albracio. Today we've got the pleasure of having Brant Walker, our Chief Investment Strategist from Greyledge Advisors here with us today. Good afternoon, Brant. How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks. Glad to be here. Good, good. Um, I was going through some of uh, our notes in our recent conversation we had. We, we had been talking about some interesting topics I thought our viewers would, uh, or listeners would like to uh, find out a little bit more about. Uh, you know, 2023 has been a very interesting year in the market, to say the least. Yes, I mean, is. we've seen the, the Fed uh, raise interest rates uh, to a Historic highs. They've been at it, it, they'd been at low numbers for quite some time. This is having an impact on uh, what's going on out in the marketplace. And I think what we'd like to do today is get into the intricacies of what the Fed Chair Jerome Powell's doing as it relates to his efforts to curb inflation and why it seems that everything he's doing is not working. Right. You know, so let's have a little conversation about that and shed some insight and knowledge to us as to why it's not working. So if you remember back to 809, when we had the financial crisis, that's Mm -hmm. when they cut interest rates to near zero. Right. And they really kept that policy all the way through until 1-1 of 2022, a little over a year and a half ago. At that point, inflation was finally starting to raise its head got up to 9.5%. At that point, there had to be a policy response. So since then, we've had a rapid increase in short rates up to about 5.5%. Mm-hmm. Probably the steepest since 1983, right. the year I started in the business. Generally, in that kind of a scenario, we think back to 83, Reagan and Volcker at that time, the Powell at that time, were both in sync. We got to get inflation down, slow the economy. Fiscal policy and monetary policy were moving in the same direction. Today, we don't have that. So Powell has raised the rates quite a bit, as you have seen, yet the administration is spending money by the trillions, which is pouring more fuel on the fire. Mm -hmm. So because of that, here we are at 5.5%. You would expect the economy to slow. It really hasn't. Inflation has come down some. The unemployment rate is still near a generational low. Mm -hmm. So what has happened is back in May of this year, you had short-term rates well over 5%. In, in this, just for our listeners, yeah. we're starting to talk about the inverted yield curve. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, the That's the where impetus. I'm getting to. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So back in May, we had short-term rates that had been pumped over 5% due to mm-hmm. Powell. Long-term rates were down to 35 mm. So that's a pretty big spread. It's usually the other way around. So what has happened, what the thought was, with Powell raising the rates that quickly, the thought was the economy is going to slow, inflation is going down, and long-term rates would then go down. That's why the rate didn't pop above 3.5%. So here we are now, the market has changed. The expectations now are the economy is not going to slow as quickly as they thought. Mm -hmm. Inflation is still sticky. The unemployment rate is still low. All of a sudden now you have the long-term rates up at 5%. So that spread of 1.5% when it was really negative is now down to about 0.3%. That's just telling you the market is now saying we don't think things are going to slow as quickly as we thought. Uh So that's where we are today. So what will be... The Fed's response to that. I mean, they they they've been they've been raising the rates. They they yeah. paused the the last two sessions. They're on hold for the time being. I think they realize they push rates up historically high mm-hmm. in a short period of time. It takes time for that to work through. Mm-hmm. So to further bump up rates quickly could really lead to a bad recession. Right. So I think it, it's data dependent. Numbers come out every month, every week. So over the course of the year, it's going to be data dependent. Mm-hmm. 
but everything that's been telegraphed is maybe one or two more increases, but not much more than that because the economy may not be able to handle that. Right. And then all of a sudden you tip it over and it's like, oh boy, we went too far. We went too far and now, now we're definitely recession bound yeah. type of yeah. thing. Yeah. So I, I, what I find interesting is is the fact that the, the Fed's holding on their rates, but yet we get the jolts report in, we get CPI reports in, and yeah. it, it, everything, I don't want to say it looks rosy, but I mean, it hasn't, re, it hasn't reacted right. to what those moves have been. Right. And I think that Powell and the Fed look at the the tightening uh, bank credit would slow some of this down. I mean, we're looking at mortgage rates now for first time home buyers that are like eight percent, right? You know, and uh, that costs a lot of money. I mean, you, the, there's no houses, no inventory. Right. There's no, no. We've got a lot of no's. I just don't know why the economy's not pulling back. Where's the money being spent? Well, there's an unusual reason that we haven't had in the past. Everybody refinanced at three percent mm-hmm. on their mortgage, mm-hmm. and now they're stuck on their home. Anybody who has kids who bought a home two years ago, they bought that home again today, it's going to cost double the amount right. in mortgage. Yeah. So the housing market is going to be slow because people locked into three, they can't afford seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So that's really slowed everything down, which didn't happen in the past. 20 years ago, a lot of people had adjustable rate mortgages. Rates yeah. went up, your payment went up, not today. Right. So that's been a uh, an interesting phenomenon that we haven't seen. Hmm. So we see the market, we've had... For all indications, a relatively good returns coming out of the market. Right. Relatively good returns. Yep. But if we were to dive into that, or if we will uh, peel the onion back a little bit, let's talk about the returns in the market. Where, where are we? Where are we? Where are they coming from? What are we? What are we seeing? And it is. Is it as rosy as we all think it is? It's not. It's not. It huh? reminds me of 1999. So, the S and P 500 year to date is up 12 percent. Mm-hmm. The average stock is now. We look at the Vanguard value ETF, it's down 2% this year. When I tell you the stocks in that ETF, you're going to say these are some of the best companies in America. Mm-hmm. Berkshire Hathaway, Exxon, JP Morgan, J&J, Procter & Gamble, mm-hmm. all great companies. All good companies. They're blue down chip, this year. Blue chips. Down this year. When you look below the surface, there's a raging bear market going on. And I quoted six companies everybody's going to know, five or six. Uh, Target, down 58%. General Mills, food and yogurt, down 30%. Disney down 57%, Dollar General 57%, Bank of America down 45%. These are all well-known names. Yeah. It's mainly due to the consumer being squeezed. The inflation rate has really hammered middle America. So they can't afford the sneakers and now they can't afford the discretionary items. They're spending on food and gas mm-hmm. and maybe a vacation. Mm-hmm. That's where they're splurging. I mentioned earlier the Magnificent Seven. Those stocks are Tesla, uh, Meta, which is Facebook. Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Google, and Amazon have driven all the returns this year. So this last happened in 1999. Remember before the tech wreck? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it has similarities. Mm-hmm. Actually, we got to go down to the Magnificent Six because Tesla is down 27% now. So oh. we might have to kick it out. Okay. Okay. So that's what's going on under the surface. So there are things that are happening there that uh, are, are not as, I don't want to say not as, Rosy is that's they, a good they word. Should be, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. Well, it, it, it's un, it's unfortunate. I, I think it's where we come into play as an advisory group. Right. I mean, is being able to understand the market and trying to pick up um, the best value you can out in the marketplace. Right. Then the companies you named before, the the, the your Procter and Gamble and in those companies are good blue chip companies well, that no. have been around for years, right. you would figure they would be doing well in this type of economy, but they're being hit by 
what the consumer not being able to afford or cutting back on certain products. I mean, Target. Yeah. I mean, everybody goes to Target. Now, what are they going? They're going to Walmart now? Exactly. That's a great dichotomy. Mm. Um, Walmart was hitting highs last week, and Target's down 58%. Mm. Uh, the main reason is Walmart is strictly essentials. Yeah. Target has a lot of discretionary clothing, shoes, mm. furniture. That's not selling. Mm. So that's why there's such a huge yep. dichotomy between, and even Dollar General, which sells you know cheap items, they do have a discretionary component. That's not selling. Uh-huh. The other thing is there's a, a term called shrinkage, which is steel. So a lot of these stores just have merchandise walking out a big screen TV, just walking right out the front door. Oh, stealing. stealing. I, I thought you were talking about the, no. the products. They call it shrinkage, <laughs> but it's, it's theft. It's, theft, yeah. Let's call it what it theft is. Theft is up, sure. and, and that's been a problem. And again, I think because people are squeezed, mm-hmm. There's more theft. Yeah. So, so when we sit down as a, as a group, as an advisory firm, and we analyze the the the, in, the companies we're investing in, what are we looking at in terms of the potential for them being a good investment for our clients? Right. So the the overarching theme of Grayledge has always been quality. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before. It's really defined fairly simply. It's a company's return on capital, how much money they earn based on what they put into the company. Uh, Free cash flow after they pay the employees, capital spending, do they have money left over? That's a good sign. Uh, Buying back stock, that means they have extra money. Mm -hmm. And then really, simply, looking at a long-term chart of the price of the stock and the earnings. If it's linear heading up, that's a quality company, Mm -hmm. right? So we populate a lot of those in our portfolios. Now, the thing is, when you have a year where the market's taking off, that strategy is not the prettiest, right? so to speak. Yet You're, when you get into rough times like we are now, it really pays dividends. Mm-hmm. So that's something we have to manage L- with Literally clients. dividends? Yeah, yeah. yeah literally so dividends. something we have to manage with clients is their own expectations. Uh-huh. So the market's flying high and you're not in the high-flying stocks, they may ask that question. Mm-hmm. But if you explain your strategy and it's a quality strategy and you articulate it well, they understand. Mm. How, are, how are the interest rates playing into the companies that we invest in right now. And maybe the term that some of our listeners are familiar with is the equity risk premium. Sure, right. And you want to define that for us in, in layman's terms? Yeah, so yeah, it's a little can, bit arcane, uh, but I'll try to make it easy. So simply said, the equity risk premium, when you invest in a risky asset, such as a stock, mm-hmm. it should pay a higher return than a risk-free asset, which is now a T-bill paying 5.5%. Right. right. The way you look at the equity risk premium, you take that 5.5% risk-free, you take the price-earnings ratio of the overall market and invert it. Mm-hmm. So currently, let's say it's 20. You invert it. One divided by 20 is 5. So you're getting a risk-free T-bill at 5.5. Your, your equities are only yielding 5, mm. right? That have a lot of vol- could have a lot of volatility. Traditionally, the equity risk premium is 8. Mm-hmm. You're getting an extra 3% or so over T-bills to take that risk. Mm-hmm. Generally, there's a spread. Today, there is not. Mm. That's not good for near-term returns, right. in my opinion. Right. Interesting. Well, yeah, I'm always it's always uh, enjoyable talking with you and in, in going through what's going on in the market and how different components add in in effect what we do for our clients. So, uh, any closing thoughts that you want to share with us? No, I just uh, I think we're in for a uh, turbulent time mm-hmm. going forward until the Fed uh, finishes doing what they're doing, raising rates. Mm-hmm. Until we see where the economy is going, if inflation comes down. There, there's a lot of balls in the air right now that generally we don't see all at one time. Yeah. 
So in that environment, we're playing it close to the vest, sticking to quality. But at the same time, when you hear the target is down 58%, our ears perk up. Mm-hmm. It's a good company. Yeah, it it'll, is. It'll turn around. It so that's is. where the value is. It's on sale right now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, thank you very much for your time today. We do appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you in another one of our episodes of Thoughts Excellent. from the Ledge. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. You've been listening to Greyledge Advisors Thoughts from the Ledge podcast. To learn more, please contact your Greyledge advisor or visit us at greyledge.com. Yeah.